Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the Turn of the Jets draft season, draft weekend collaboration uh, collaboration podcast. We are now recording Sunday afternoon. The draft is over. Um, the long hard work of the, the four guys on this uh, on this podcast has been, uh, you know, well uh, well documented, and uh, now it's in the rear view mirror. Mirror, and we look forward to Bryce Young and CJ Stroud, the Jets quarterback. Now, I'm just kidding, but um, you know, an exciting weekend. Um, you know, for if you're a Jets fan, if you're an NFL fan, um, it's full of optimism in all 32 fan bases. We'll go to you first, James. What's your uh, what's your initial reaction? Now you've had a day to sit on it. Um, how do you think the Jets did this weekend? I, mean, I think they did really well. I uh, I actually got the opportunity to dig into the film of the first four guys that we took, and really excited to talk about it. So. Joe, how about you? Yeah, like I said yesterday, this is an A draft. I couldn't be more pleased with what Joe Douglas did. I think he actually addressed some pretty good needs in undrafted free agency as well, especially bringing that guy down in the night. I feel like he's a guy who probably should have got drafted. I think he's probably one of the best receiving backs in all of the draft combined, and I don't think that's hyperbolic at all. Um, and, I'm, dude, I'm ecstatic. You guys know it. They got my boy, Brees. We're doing good things. Meeks, how about you? Yeah, no, I told this to Joe. I was so excited that they drafted Brees Hall so he didn't have to tell us about how we should trade for Trey Sermon after the 49ers took another running back to go ahead of him. But I loved our draft. I really think they got better. They got more fun. And, you know, Joe Douglas proves – Joe Douglas likes athletes. And Joe Douglas likes premium positions. And after Mike McCagney and John Idzik, that's just a welcome, welcome sight. Dylan, we, uh, we missed you yesterday. How, uh, what's your reaction after, uh, you know, a full three days of uh, Jets, you know, Jets drafting? Dude, I'm hyped up. You know, honestly, going to a Jets game in the past couple of years, you go and the vibe can be a little low at best um, when you get to the November, December portion of the season. And I think when you have a draft like this, this is when the vibes get higher. This is when the hope and optimism is there that, when you go to a game in November or December, you're not just sitting there watching Connor McDermott run for a touchdown or, or catch a touchdown in the back of the end zone and that being a highlight of the season. It should be playing meaningful football. That's something you've talked about a ton on this podcast, Will. So I think that we're moving a lot closer to that, and I think that's awesome. 
Yeah, no, I, I, uh, went on SNY yesterday and said that the Jets could make the playoffs, which is something I have not said, um, since I was in high school. Um, I felt incredibly uncomfortable doing so, but I didn't, I, I genuinely don't think, um, if we're sitting here in 12 months and the Jets won nine games, I, I just don't think it's like, I'm going to be surprised. Um, will I be surprised that people stay healthy based on the way things have gone the last uh, few years? Yes. But, um, the Jets have put themselves in a really good spot. Um, I'm going to go one by one favorite pick of the draft. It could be sauce. It could be Michael Clemens. It could be, um, you know, or something, you know, it doesn't matter anyone in between, but I'm going to start, I'll go Brees Hall. Um, I understand the running back argument. I understand a million different things, but if you know this scheme, you know how important running backs are um, being able to have fresh bodies at all times. Brees Hall is, was a clear running back one for me. I actually didn't really particularly think it was close. Um, he's 20 years old. Uh, it's not, you know, he's a consensus for two, you know, first team all American two years in a row. He was asked, um, by, that's by an analyst at CBS who had him as running back too. He's like, yeah, I'm, I'm top two and I'm not two. And like, there's just an irrational confidence there. Rookies that play running back usually hit the ground running. It doesn't take them long to develop. He's a perfect scheme fit. He's one of the best backs in the AFC East right now. Um, and I don't feel, I feel confident saying that I, I already put in a bet for him to win rookie of the year. Um, he's plus nine fifty. I would get that while you can. Um, Meigs, I'll go to you first. Who's who's your favorite pick of the draft? Obviously, I'm assuming Sauce was not your favorite pick, but other so, than that, <laughs> so I have done the complete one eighty on Sauce in regards to I Let's understand go. the vision <laughs> of what they're trying to do, and that's what I wanted to talk about. And basically, like what if just like watching defenses all over the NFL um, in regards to like everyone talks about the zone coverage that Sal plays. And now that they played a bunch of man on third downs and like, that's kind of their like system. And I think like if most defensive coordinators had their pick and they had the guys to do it, they would play more man than zone. And a guy that doesn't run the exact same defense as Robert Sala and Brandon Staley, like he had Jalen Ramsey with the Rams and he used him as like this man coverage player then they would build all the zone coverages around him in those brackets to try to form like a defense that just limited explosive plays and then he goes to the chargers he doesn't have that guy and then he gives jc jackson the bag to be that guy and i think that's what the jets kind of see sauce Gardner to be the linchpin of their back seven um robert Salo's linchpin was fred warner which just speaks how good of a coverage linebacker he was and how important he was to their zone coverages he was the man defender and now i think sauce Gardner is going to be that and then the safeties the linebackers and the other corners are going to be playing zone coverage around him and did i see the talent for sauce Gardner to be the that impact player personally no but I'm really hoping he can do it. He's got the length. He's got the traits to be a very high level player. And for him, the expectation should be high. Like the kid gloves are off. Like you're taking four overall, like corner is the hardest position to adjust to in the NFL, in my opinion, outside of quarterback and rookie year. Is he going to be a pro bowler? No, I think that'd be crazy to think, but like this guy should have an all pro on his resume on his rookie contract to justify this pick. I think the second season that you just saw from AJ Terrell, I would like sauce Garner to be at that level by the end of year too. Dylan, how about you? I think I'm going to go with Jermaine Johnson. I think, obviously, value superseded anything on that pick. The fact that they were able to get him at 26, not really have to give a lot up, and end up capping off what already was a pretty strong draft with a guy that was they were pretty high on internally, and then a guy that I think, as a podcast, we were all high on. I think that was really cool. And then also, you see in the press conference that they did with all three of them, he came off as very much... He wants to be here. He wants to 
turn the tides. All three of them want to, but he was adamant about it. He's passionate. He wanted to be a New York Jet. And I think the fact that I finally feel like I can say this, and I mentioned this when I was on with you guys on Friday, but it really does feel like for the first time since as long as I can remember, the New York Jets actually have edge rushers, which is crazy. I never thought I'd actually be saying those words. So I feel like that for me ended up being the top pick. Joe, how about you? I probably stole your guy, so I apologize, but. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely Brees Hall for me. And when you look at this offensive line, I think it could be a top 10 to 15 unit, probably more in that 10 to 15 range. And I've talked a lot about this on the pod, about how your running backs can make your offensive line look better. And I was watching this uh, John Benton offensive line clinic, and he specifically talked about how running backs are an extension of the offensive line. So why not bring in a guy who can be elite? If you're looking for an extension, why not have and be bring in an elite guy like Brees Hall? And that's exactly who he is. The Jets, for the first time in a very long time, have an elite level backfield. I don't even remember, when was the last time the Jets even took a running back in round one? It's like Blair Thomas in like the 90s or something like that. And yeah, I don't even know took- that we've... It's right. Keyshawn was the fir- this is the first receiver taken since Santana Moss in 2002 or 2003. I, they have not taken a running back in round one since Blair Thomas. So they broke a lot of molds. <laughs> yeah, I mean, obviously, Brees wasn't a round one pick, but he's a round one talent, right? So I listen, I was ecstatic about that. He's going to make the team better. And like I said, this is now probably the best backfield the Jets could potentially have in a very long time. And like he, he's going to be a homegrown kind of running back. We haven't really had a homegrown kind of running back ever. Even Curtis Martin came from the Patriots. When we got Thomas Jones, LaDainian Tomlinson, those guys are both like trades. I guess Chris Ivory had one good year. But we've not really been like witness to a very good dynamic running back in quite some time. I'm ecstatic about that. Other than that, I think it was Garrett Wilson because, you know, I think a lot of people thought Joe Douglas would go after JMO because he has that speed. But it's really like when you're looking at front offices and general managers, I don't think they really covet the actual speed as much as people think. It's really about that short area quickness and that acceleration and your ability to kind of like control that speed, right? And that's kind of what Garrett Wilson does very well. He's able to throttle in, throttle out, his stop start, the way he comes in and out of breaks. This is like the most special part of like who he is as a wide receiver and why I think Joe Douglas did target him there for sure. And I think Jamison Williams is good in that regard too. Everybody kind of talks talks up his like elite level speed, but he's very good in that degree as well as far as his acceleration, how he controls his acceleration, how he just sets up cornerbacks to fail. His manipulation, his the way he tells a story is just really elite level stuff. And Garrett Wilson has that to his game too. I think he's going to be just a huge addition to that wide receiver room, which is looking fantastic right now. The offensive line room is looking well. The wide receiver room got better. The running back room, like I said, is potentially elite. I mean, Michael Carter is no slouch either. This guy has tremendous vision and zone as well. This is a very, this is ending up and shaping up to be one of the more exciting offenses that we've seen in quite some time. And now it's just going to be up to Zach to be the icing on the cake. Can he do it? We're going to see. Yeah. The one thing I will say before you to James is, you know, the reports on Jamie Williams, I think the more you look at it, the more it made sense um, why he, the Jets went with Garrett Wilson. Um, he said he's going to be ready for the start of camp. Then the Lions said that he's not going to play until midseason. Um, the Jets, as Dylan mentioned, you know, they cannot afford this regime as great as this draft has been, um, as great as last year's was, and there's been exciting stuff. One in seven is not going to cut it and, you know, start the season. Woody Johnson's back. Woody Johnson's a businessman. He cares about money, obviously, as he should, right? He's not going to sit there and go, oh, this is okay. My stadium's empty. They're, we're getting, we're at 40% capacity and 30% are away teams. Uh, tickets on you know on less money so 
Just always keep that in the back of your head. Yes, it's about drafting for the future, but they also have to be competitive. Um, so James, I'll get to you next. Yeah, so I had the opportunity to do some pretty extensive film work on Jermaine Johnson, Sauce Gardner, and Brees Hall. You guys did a great job talking about Brees, and I think the evaluation is pretty simple. So I want to talk about Sauce Gardner. Um, I'll just give my scouting report here. Um, so Gardner, from a size perspective, is really an outlier. He's six foot three, 190 pounds, and he has 97 percentile arms at 33 and a half inches. Um, his biggest X factor trait is his fluidity at his size. And it's kind of a similar vibe to Drake London. Um, he's really fluid as a mover. He has good change of direction, especially for his size and very fluid hips. And his speed appears to be very good as well. Um, the other trait that jumps off the screen is how suffocating his length is. Um, at the line of scrimmage, he really swarms receivers with his length. And the other major advantage here is that there are times where he appears to be out of phase and his length allows him to get back in phase just because his arms are so freaking long um now the major thing i realized about sauce as a player is that he needs to get his hands on receivers at the line of scrimmage in order to win reps um there were times where he's in press and instead of shooting he comes he goes into the soft press where he's not shooting his hands at all and those are the times when he gives up the most separation and it's hard to say whether those would be completions or not because he does have good recovery athleticism and he does have really long arms and the ball wasn't really thrown in many of those situations. But soft press is not going to work against NFL receivers. He really needs to shoot his hands. But I think that's something that will be an internal priority for the Jets and they'll do. So overall, I feel confident that Sauce is going to be an above average starter in the NFL at corner. But I'm not exactly how sure you're, you know, sure how good he will be beyond that because he just didn't face very good receivers I mean he held his own against Jamison Williams but that was like six to eight reps in the game and how can you extrapolate an NFL career based on six to eight reps so overall I feel like it's a safe pick that does have upside and I think he's really hands in glove fit for this scheme so I, I do like the pick now so the one thing I will say and I think we saw this last year and any I know you guys talked about this 12 months ago the Jets cornerback coach Tony Oden coached Xavier Howard, Minka in Miami when they're young, Slay in Detroit, Revis in Tampa, which we're not going to really count that, but Richard Sherman in San Francisco, so two veterans, but also developed some of the younger guys. Um, Quandre Diggs, Bobby McCain, Emmanuel Mosley, all under him um, as well. We saw Michael Carter, um, the second last year, really develop in the slot. We saw Bryce Hall uh, take, you know, the, the matter of how much, how well you think he played last year, develop. Um, Brandon Eccles got much better, so the Jets are in a good spot where they're, they are coached. They have really good coaching in spots where like they do need these guys to develop in the hardest positions, right? Like at the end of the day, what, whatever you think of Zach Wilson, like if he can't get it done with Michael floor in this offense, like it's kind of on Zach at this point, um, kind of looking forward here, um, you know, and obviously kind of tying a bow on, the, on this draft before we kind of wrap, obviously the Jets make seven picks. Um, what are your expectation levels for, you know, for this team now and for this rookie class? Like, how quickly do you think they need to hit the ground running? Do you expect, you know, how many starters do you expect out of this class? Like, if you had to tie a bow on it and kind of project forward now, we've got the 2021 and 2022 drafts. Both seem very good on paper. Um, how many starters do you think come out of this class? And kind of what are your expectations, you know, for September now with, you know, what everyone's kind of giving a consensus at worst, A minus at, you know, at best, A plus, as, you know, as Joe kind of mentioned. Uh, James, I'll start with you. Yeah, I mean, I think you have four 
initial starters and five long-term starters with Rucker being the fifth. Um, and yeah, I mean, I think honestly, the more I watch these players, the more high floor this draft seems to me, I think sauce comes in and he's, he's pretty good. Um, I think Garrett Wilson is the most pro ready receiver in this class. I think Jermaine Johnson is a plus run defender initially, and maybe he gets there as a pass rusher. Maybe he doesn't. Um, and Brees Hall is going to be very good. So I think it's a lot of immediate impact with some long-term uh, potential to grow. Meeks, how about you? How does how this kind of projects forward now for you? Um, so I think just to start off the bat, they're going to have three starters. I think Jermaine Johnson, in regards to just snap counts, probably going to be behind Carl Lawson and JFM if both are healthy. And I think you'll see him grow into that role and hopefully year two, he really locks that down. Uh, Brees Hall is going to start. I think he's going to be a guy who's going to get over 200 touches as a rookie as he should. I think Garrett Wilson's a guy who can threaten for a thousand yards from the jump. I just think he's that he, he fits this offense perfectly. His versatility, just the fact that he can make plays at all three levels and before and after the catch, I just think is so, so key. And then sauce. I mean, I don't think he's CB one. I think, they're going to like DJ read the money for that, but I think he's definitely going to have one of those outside corner spots locked down. And then Rucker, we'll see. I think that's going to be a guy who's going to play, going to get in, in some blocking, but I don't think you're really going to see a much big rookie of the year impact. And then Clemens, you know, it's probably going to be like what you saw Bryce Huff as a rookie in regards to just rotating in. Dylan, how about you? I think for me, I kind of fall a little more optimistic, I guess, than means with the initial impact. But for some players and a little different on others, I think that Paul, I agree, ends up being probably the focal point of this rookie class on the offensive side of the ball. I think Wilson comes in, but I think initially I don't I don't want expectations to be too high for Garrett Wilson. That's why I kind of shook my head when Meeks just said a thousand yards, because even if he doesn't get a thousand yards, if he surpasses 800 yards, I'm OK with that. That's a solid year, especially if Elijah Moore and Corey Davis can complement that with strong production and even Braxton Berrios. So. I think for Garrett Wilson and Hall, they're going to immediately be impact players and starters on the offensive side of the ball. I agree. I think Jermaine Johnson, when you paid this much money to JFM, is going to be behind JFM and Carl Lawson in terms of snap counts. Um, I think Sauce actually ends up being CB1 relatively quickly. By week five, I'd give it even. I think DJ Reed is going to do better working on those wide receiver twos, wide receiver threes, and playing even against some of the slot wideouts a little bit. But I'd sneakily watch for Rucker to end up getting more reps than Conklin by say like week four. Um, I think Uzama ends up being the tight end one, but Rucker is the potential tight end two, tight end one of the future. And I don't think they're going to, I guess, I don't think they're going to let Conklin's deal and Conklin supersede that. And then, you know, I, I'm expecting 14 sacks from Michael Clemens. I think, uh, I think Clemens is an absolute silent killer and silent assassin. I don't even think he knew he was being drafted when they called him truthfully. Um, I don't know if he wanted to pick up the phone, but uh, in all seriousness, I think him and uh, him and Max Mitchell actually do have a lot of potential to be solid death pieces on this team. Um, and I, I think both could be good backups for the next couple of years. Before Joe goes, I'm going to go because I know Joe's probably gonna, Joe is probably going to have to say here. So a couple of things. One, I feel like we haven't talked about Max, Max Mitchell being a penciled in starter when Mekhi Becton eventually gets hurt during camp. So um, I just feel like we're missing that. Um, a shout out Jim Nagy, who runs the senior bowl that tweeted the Jets got absolute studs in Max Mitchell and Michael Clemens uh, gassing the senior bowl pretty hard there. Um, it's just fine. And I, I respect it. Um, I think this, this class leaves with four 
with long-term, I think five starters, but I think it's going to be four starters this year. Um, Uzama and Conklin have both had injury problems this year. So if Rucker starts games, I would not be surprised. I, I'm probably higher on him than um, anybody. I almost put him as tight end one. Um, I was soft on that. I should have just gone with my gut there. So I could have said the Jets got my tight end one. Um, I'm slightly more pessimistic on Jermaine. Um, I think he'll play similar snap count to what JFM played um, two years ago, where he was a guy that like, played a lot but I feel like he was kind of the fifth guy which is fine and that's like as a rookie so I don't know that he's necessarily a starter this year I think that's all pending car loss and obviously I think Garrett Wilson's gonna have an immediate impact like I, I would be based on how smart um it's talked about he is based on how pro ready he is the program he comes from I, and receivers develop much quicker now I think I pointed the stat out on uh, with you guys on either Thursday or Friday Receivers in the first round average across everyone that's drafted the last two years, 66 catches, 800 yards, and six touchdowns. So that's a fair expectation, in my opinion. I think that's a, if he has that kind of rookie year, you know, Elijah has something in the 65 to 70 range as well. Corey Davis, probably some, you know, somewhere between 50 and 65. I think you're looking in a really good spot. So I'm, again, I mentioned this. They need, I think they got a lot of guys that have really high floors. They should hit the ground running pretty quickly. The NFL is different. This is not 20 years ago where you use guys sit for two or three years. Um, again, I was joking about Max Mitchell, but I actually do think it's a good thing they got a developmental tackle in round four. Um, you know, that they can develop it on the right side. And if that can works, it works. And if not, um, you know, you, you'll see what happens. But yeah, I'm not pessimistic on Jermaine being a good player down the road. I just think um, as a rookie, they have a lot of depth there and a lot of high end expensive pieces, frankly, and Franklin Myers and Lawson. Joe, how about you? Yeah, I think that this draft class is going to have potentially six of the seven guys be starters on this team for sure. I feel like Clemens will probably settle in as more of a rotational guy. I think he's got upside to be more, but I think that's probably where he's going to land. I think Mac, Max Mitchell is pretty intriguing guy. Like I said, I've only watched a couple of games of him thus far. I am going to get deeper into the film when watching him. He's like a really good reach blocker. He's really good coming off a combo box and getting to the second level. So he's a really nice scheme fit. I think I was a little thrown off um, from the combine and uh, that's my fault. You know, I don't normally like kind of look at these kind of metrics, but he had a really ugly three cone. It was like over eight seconds. And I started to wonder, you know, how agile is he really? Eight you know, seconds, because, holy. Yeah, it was like eight seconds, but he had a really nice short shuttle four, six, five, which is, which is another like good metric that determines how athletic you are, how much of a fit you can be in an outside zone. So it was a little inconsistent there, but the film definitely shows that he could play in this type of scheme. But of course he's playing with the rage and Cajuns. I don't know if like Georgia state and Appalachian State are, you know, exactly have these guys that are hard to reach block, but he most definitely gets that outside shoulder consistently. That's what you want to see from somebody who's going to be playing in a predominantly outside zone system. Um, I think Ruckert um, is going to probably end up, like I said, being the starter in like one to two years. Tight end, probably after quarterback for me, is the hardest transition in all of the NFL to make with all the things that you have to learn. You pretty much have to be a receiver and, the, and an offensive lineman in a lot of ways. So it's a lot of a uh, hard transition transition there. But the other guys, Brees Hall is going to be an instant starter. Garrett Wilson is going to be an instant starter. Sauce Gardner is going to be just rocking that sauce all over the field. I like the swag. It's going to be a beautiful thing. And just to piggyback off of what James was saying, I think the, the most impressive, impressive thing about sauce when I was watching him was not just like that he could get sticky vertical, get hip to hip and has good instincts to turn around for the ball going down the field, you know, which is what you expect from a good press cover corner. It's like his ability to stay sticky when somebody's trying to cross his face, like on a slant or a crossing pattern pattern. And that's really the makings of a true shutdown corner. And I think that he's going to have an instant impact on this defense. So yeah, listen, I think six of the seven guys, which is like 
you know, if you hit four guys, you know, in a draft, you feel good about. And I'm very confident that at least four of these guys are going to be permanent, like kind of mainstay starters on this team. So it's a great draft. Yeah, it's interesting. I, I, I think I, I tweeted this earlier. If you combine these last two drafts, you can legitimately look at they've got 11 homegrown starters over two drafts and feel pretty good about it. I'm not even like, you know, counting some of the late round guys and, you know, Eccles and Hall or Eccles, I mean, Eccles and Michael Carter, I'll count as one starter total because I, you know, long term realistically, but they, if you get 11 starters and you can, you know, find 11 other guys between free agency trades and undrafted free agency, like that is exactly how you want to build a team. It's this notion that you find everyone in fourth rounds, four through seven, one guy started the Super Bowl for the Bucks or Chiefs in rounds four through seven, uh, two years ago. Like it's hitting on early picks and getting the top end talent and then building depth in your roster when those guys get injured. Um, We'll do final thoughts here before we wrap. It's obviously been a very, uh, you know, it's very been a fun weekend, um, you know, getting to do this, you know, back to back to back days. And um, James, I'll start with you. Final thoughts and, you know, how we'll just wrap this up before, uh, you know, before I, I head myself back to the, you know, my, my solo chair and uh, the TOJ pod and let you guys, you know, keep killing it. Yeah, I mean, so I did want to talk about Jermaine Johnson um, and kind of get, so I watched five games of him plus the senior bowl. Um, and I kind of wanted to, hear what you guys thought about my eval um so i'll just kind of read what i wrote so size wise johnson is pretty prototypical he's six foot four 254 pounds and has 34 inch arms which is which is really nice to see him check those boxes the biggest trait that jumped out was his play strength he's really strong and that's evident in both pass rush and run defense the other trait that really jumped off screen was his hustle especially in the context of all the conversations about Kayvon thibodeau johnson is giving good hustle pretty much all the time now, looking at, like, run defense and pass rush, um, in terms of run defense, I think he's a very good run defender. He's really strong at the point of attack, and he rarely cedes ground to offensive linemen. I didn't see a single rep in the five games that I watched where he lost a battle to a pulling guard. And, in fact, in more than half the cases, he drove them back at least one to two yards, and in some cases even crushed them to the ground, um, which I thought was highly impressive and speaks to his nice combination of strength and arm length to be able to lock them out. Um, I also think he has good play recognition ability, which, which really helps him make plays um, and recognize what's in front of him. Okay, so in terms of pass rush, okay, I think this is where there's a little bit of disconnect between like NFL eval and public eval. Um, so he didn't get many true pass rush opportunities at Georgia or Florida State, but I think he's an intriguing pass rusher nonetheless. Um, I believe that he's well-developed relative to the amount of reps that he's gotten. Um, and you hope that with more reps and in an attack style front in New York, he can take, take leaps forward. So in terms of his lower body, I think he displays average snap timing um, and get off, which I think is mainly caused by a false step that he has out of his two point stance where he shifts weight from his front foot to his back foot, then goes forward on the snap. I think if you get rid of that, that would fix a lot of his issues getting off the ball. I think he has nice lateral athleticism though. And you see it in 2020 with Georgia when he was using that Euro step a lot. I do think he has nice lateral movement ability. Now, in terms of his upper body and his hands, um, I do, th I think it's intriguing how like over the five games I watched, he used an outside swipe, a cross chop, speed to power, a long arm, a push pull, an outside spin move, an inside spin move, and inside side scissors. So he does have a lot of things that he's tried before, but my main thing is like, he really is a master of none of these. Um, however, I am optimistic because at the senior bowl, what you saw was that Euro step that he was using all throughout 2020 with Georgia 
he finally paired it with that inside side scissors with his hands. And so that shows that like, he's kind of putting things together when he gets really like pin your ears back reps. Um, I guess like my projection is I think he's an instant impact run defender and he takes Carl Lawson's spot on early downs, but I think his pass rush upside, it will be directly proportionate to the amount of time he is in the scheme. Um, and I really think the immediate priorities have to be fix his false step and then figure out one to two moves that you can give him with his hands, preferably an outside move. I really like this cross chop when he flashed it. So I think you can work on that and then maybe working on his inside side scissors and really cementing that as a pass rush move. I think he'd be good. He could be good. So it's like rookie year. I think the 95% case is he's like five-ish sacks and it's mainly hustle sacks and he's a good run defender. I do think there's a 5% chance that maybe he fixes his ball step and he puts together some of those hand usage. And like, dude, I could see him being like 10 sacks his rookie season if he does that. Like he could be really dangerous. But overall, he's a really interesting player. Final thoughts, final thoughts right here as we wrap. Um, I'll just, I'll just say it's been, I think the Jets did a really, really good job. And now it's time. It's all about number two. That's it. Get, make him, make this guy successful. He's got to put it all. He's got to do it himself. At the end of the day, the Jets success is tied to quarterback. They've done all the things they need to do from a drafting perspective to make him successful, prove it, um, or you're going to get replaced. Bottom line. That's it. Uh, it just is. Sorry, Meeks. Um, just to kind of like piggyback off of what James was saying again in regards to Jermaine Johnson, I feel like the only reason Jermaine even fell, because I think he is a very technically sound player. And yeah, he's got some things to work on, but the more you watch him, the more you love him. You know, when I was first watching him, I felt like I slowed down the film. It was kind of a little bit off with the timing, but that eventually kind of got better. And he is a very explosive player. And I think Meeks, you touched on it once. I think that a lot of teams now in the NFL are kind of obsessed with analytics and things like pass rush win rate. And I think his age actually played a role as well in him falling because this guy definitely has on film top 10 talent. And I'm really have to give some kudos to Joe Douglas because I feel like he is a film junkie. Like that's what he does. He's cranking the film up. He's not really paying attention to some of these things that these analytics guys are putting out there. And I feel like that's why he had a class as good as he did because he sees the value in a player when he sees them actually in person on film as well. So I, as far as Jermaine starting, I, I could actually see him maybe getting some reps over Carl Lawson actually early on. Maybe they're going to ease Carl Lawson back in because of that Achilles. So he could potentially be like the star. It could be him and JFM on both sides, believe it or not, on day one. And then you kind of maybe bring Carl Moore in as a, like the situational pass rusher until he kind of gets a little bit more acclimated. They feel more comfortable with that injury. And then maybe he does supplant Jermaine as, with more snaps in that particular guard in regard as far as like their base defense and stuff. But uh, overall, my thoughts are, as I've said, I love this draft. It's like the best draft I've seen like since the year 2000, as I mentioned. Um, we pretty much got four first-round draft picks, if you include Hall, a number of guys who we believe that can be starters. I think Joe Douglas impressed. I, I like some of his undrafted free agents. I mentioned Zonovan Knight. And I'm feeling really optimistic and just had a great time doing this collaboration, which you two will, and just having a really great, fun draft weekend. It was, it was a blast. I mean, I, I haven't been this happy in a very long time with what the Jets have done. As I mentioned yesterday, my wife said she caught me smiling in my sleep. So I'm smiling in my sleep. I'm smiling here with you guys in the pod and I'm feeling really good about the future for sure. Meeks will go to you and then don't and, be, uh, and we'll wrap. Yeah, no, this draft, I loved it. I really think they fill a lot of needs, but one thing can doom this draft and I'm waiting these, you know, checking Twitter for the coming days. The numbers these guys pick are going to decide it all. Like if Sauce picks 12, 
trash. If Mike White doesn't give Garrett Wilson five, I'm going to lose it. Brees Hall can't take 28, unfortunately, because we know that number is Curtis Martin's. So very interesting number, which I will completely change my opinion on him. Basically, solely based off numbers. And if Jermaine Johnson gets 11 from Denzel Mims, that's a that's 12 sacks, defensive rookie of the year. So that's, those are all my thoughts. Dylan, how about you? I think for me, I share the same optimism I think we all have. I think I'm hyped up. I don't think this there was a draft that's beat this in my lifetime. So I'm really ecstatic. I think this is the most optimistic I've ever been as a Jets fan for the future. Most likable team I've ever seen. I don't think there's a position on the roster with a player I don't like and I don't want to root for, which is also really cool. But I think now it's put up or shut up time. I think you kind of hit the nail on the head, Will. And it goes beyond number two. It's put up or shut up for Quinn and Williams. It's put up or shut up for JFM. It's put up or shut up for a lot of these guys that got handed deals this year. It's time to take that step forward. If we want to be a team, like you mentioned yesterday on SNY, that can make the playoffs, it's time for people to step up. And I'm not talking about the rookies. I'm talking about everybody on the roster because now it's game time. Now it's real. Now it's not about what's on paper. So I'm ecstatic with this draft, but now it's game time. And let's see what happens when push comes to shove this year. Thank you. Uh, thank you, everybody, for listening. We will be back. Um, we'll be back next week. Enjoy these uh, this kind of bulk episode of the, these three episodes. And, uh, you know, appreciate you guys again. And, um, you know, I'll talk to you guys next week.